0: Thank mm-hmm. you. The As You Go podcast, that podcast for the everyday Christian to live a bit more missionally, and today we're doing an interview on small church or house church or micro church. There's a whole bunch of ways we want to talk about this, or names we want to give it, and it has been given a thousand different names over time. And so we actually have three different guests that we're going to interview today. Johnny's going to interview Liam Bull, uh, who works with uh, partnership with Fort Gary that's reaching out to their community with a bunch of newcomers there. we're, we're uh, talking with Wamba Nagata, who who He is working with New City Church, just a different style of being church and having house church within that. You guys would be really interested to hear what that's like. And then uh, we also have Dave Gunther with Many Rooms, who they have been doing small church stuff for a long time and uh, have really honed uh, some of that, what it looks like in their community. And uh, so you guys get to hear a little bit of what it looks like in a bunch of different communities on how they do the small church, the micro church, the home church. Um, my name is Liam. I am a part of Fort Gary
1: MB Church, working with Multiply or partnering with Multiply.
2: My name is Wamba, and I'm part of a church called New City Church. We meet in Winnipeg and in the Winkler-Morden area.
3: Yeah, I'm Dave uh, Gunther, and I'm part of Many Rooms Church community um, Yeah, in downtown Winnipeg. Awesome, good.
4: Great, guys. Well, we are, yeah, we are here to talk about uh, small church, home church, house church gatherings. Which uh, church are you part of, Johnny? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, my name is Johnny, uh, and I'm a part of Eastview Community Church, uh, and I'm the Discipleship and Life Groups pastor there. So, yeah, exploring into some small group gatherings uh, has been on my heart for a while and doing some new stuff into that. Uh, yeah, so where we're going today is having some conversation around uh, house church, home church small church uh, gatherings uh, and all of this within this context of of thinking about the everyday follower of Jesus and and helping them to live more missionally. And so I imagine in what we're going to talk about today we'll hear about people who are involved uh, in these home churches who would, you know they're they're seeking to pursue Jesus, they're seeking to follow him and and being kind of welcomed into these small communities and experiencing God in those places. So I'm excited to talk a little bit about that. Uh, so the, the the first question that I really want to talk about here is, what is your community doing in terms of small church or home church or house church, and and how did that
2: kind of come to be? Sure, I can go first. Um, so we we're a small community, small church that really just got started um, a few years ago, um, twenty nineteen. Fall of twenty nineteen is when we kind of started something um, official we started off really just doing the same thing you might see other church plants do or church lunches do. We had a phenomenal speaker and leader. We had a group of people that were passionate about Jesus and we poured all of our energy into like, putting together a really good worship experience. Mm. And so the Sunday morning worship experience was our main focus. This is what we did. Um, we trained people for it. And you know if somebody was taking the next step in their discipleship journey, it was like, all right, how are you serving? how you get involved in the Sunday morning experience. Uh, the idea was always to make disciples, but our structure and format that we had didn't really reflect that. And we noticed over time that the result we were getting, where we were seeing in our community, was a lot of people that engage really hard on Sunday morning and then live the rest of their lives really separate from a discipleship walk. Oh yeah. Right, it's very two separate lives. And so we realized what we're doing isn't working. We want to create disciples of Jesus, but we're just creating volunteers on Sunday morning for an amazing worship experience. So if you fast forward to 2020, the pandemic hit, and we went through a period of asking some really hard questions like, hey, should we be doing this? Why are we doing this? Is this what God is calling us to do? Does this line up with scripture? And over the process of about a year and a half, we figured you know, if we actually want to be intentional about discipleship, we might have to switch our forward to something that allows for us to focus on the values that really matter to us. And an incredible Sunday morning worship experience, making that the main focus, isn't mm-hmm. going to produce the discipleship and disciples that we're looking for. Cool. So that's how we switched into uh, something where we meet in homes. And so we started meeting in homes once a month and now we meet in homes biweekly. And it's really coming from that place of like, there's certain things we can do much better in a smaller house church environment yeah. than we can with the bigger, you know, yeah. service that we would do every week.
4: Very cool. Okay, so I, if I'm hearing you right, like discipleship mm-hmm. and actually seeing the fruit of the discipleship in people, it has been the driver for uh, for switching from like all our energy pouring into Sunday morning large gathering into these smaller communities.
2: 100%, yeah. Oh, cool. And it comes from a place of, I think sometimes people confuse um, the motive for house church or micro church or something smaller, they confuse it for a hatred for a bigger mm, church, a yeah. large gathering. You know. Yeah, And that's not what we're about. No. no, we love the large gathering. We love what can be done there. We just found for us, yeah. a smaller gathering is way better. It has its pros and cons, but for what we want to do, this is yeah. better.
4: Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, we're going to touch on that a little bit later about, uh, you know, all of home church or small church stuff can, can, feel at times like it's in competition with this larger gathering so that Mm. hold on to that because that question will come later Mm -hmm. Dave how about for you guys at Many Rooms Church what are you guys experiencing in your small church communities yeah
3: so for us um I feel like the yeah we we've always been a house church like that was our I don't know if it was the goal when it started but it was kind of what organically came about um yeah for us it's always been about our community and our neighborhood so Mm. we're uh a church that has been going around for 20 years now. Uh, So we started in 2003. And our focus has always been on meeting the needs of our neighborhood and and knowing who our neighbors are. So uh, it started with um, people who were coming from the outside, like in the suburbs or other places, um, kind of gathering downtown uh, in people's homes just for prayer and Bible study and that kind of thing. And it wasn't that they necessarily were planning to make a church or start a church or anything. But over time, people realized that this was their community. And this was the people that they want to worship with. It's the people they wanted to be disciples with and be discipled by. So um, this is all before my time. I wasn't part of this original group that started the church. But mm-hmm. um, I think over time, people realized that this is this was happening. It was already a church, right? So uh, then there was some decisions that had to be made. People decided they they wanted to you know, leave their other church that they'd been going to and, and join many rooms or yeah. they wanted to, if this was just kind of a thing they were doing on the side and they want to go back to their, their original church. But, um, so out of that we have, yeah, we have house churches. Um, and yeah, we've been doing that for 20 years now and it's, yeah, but there's strengths and weaknesses, right? Like it's sure. not all easy yeah. and, uh, there's like, yeah. But what we have found is that, um, there's, um, maybe more of an openness for people who are unchurched or people that are not part mm, of the cool. church background to be able to kind of engage in that setting. Right. Um, like it's easier to enter
4: into a home sometimes for people than it is to enter into the yeah, into church building. like if
3: you want to invite someone over to your home, right? Like yeah. That's, that's easier. But at the same time, there's actually the opposite too because we mm. find that we don't have a website, we don't have a sign, people yeah. don't even know we exist sometimes, so like you can't just walk in off the street into our church yeah. either, which yeah. is that's like what a, a church with a building can do that, right? Totally. Um, so there's pros and cons. So it maybe it affects like kind of the, the, the type of people we're bringing in. We're bringing people we know. We're bringing people that have a connection to us in some yeah. way that we've met. So, so I think that's where being a good neighbor really matters then for our church mm. because if you're not a good neighbor, you're not making those connections. Um, Nobody's going to know about the church. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, totally.
4: Grow. Oh, awesome, man! Twenty years. I didn't know that you guys were yeah. were going for twenty years. That's amazing. Uh, congrats on twenty years. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's exciting. We're going to have our anniversary yeah. twenty year anniversary uh, this fall. Kind of so, right like, celebrate on. Celebrate that a little nice. bit. So yeah. Cool. And mm. Kate, can you just share a little bit uh, in in Winnipeg? What neighborhood uh, or neighborhoods yeah. are you involved so we're,
3: in? We're in the downtown, but we're focused in the Spence neighborhood. Mm. So that's kind of like the center of our our activity yeah and then we have some people kind of like kind of in the periphery around that but all within kind of walking distance you could say in yeah. some ways awesome um yeah and we've yeah we've always been there and that's kind of the i'd say more so than house church that's kind of like what's like our defining yeah feature of the neighborhood what, what makes our church un- or itself or unique in some way very
4: cool very cool okay uh liam how about for you uh you are doing some work with with fort gary uh, and involved in Port- uh, no Pembina Place apartment buildings. Can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so I think from what I have been told that started as Fort Gary, uh, the church really wanted to be intentional about reaching out to and interacting with their neighbours and being good neighbours to the people in the area. Um, it's in the South Pembina neighbourhood, which is a very immigrant, newcomer, heavy area of the city. And so they really wanted to be intentional about reaching out to their neighbours and being friendly to their neighbours and so forth. And so they reached out to multiply because they were doing this program called focus. And they were asking, Hey, can we have a focused intern come to come partner with us in this idea that we have? And so, um, Carol like reached out to emailed me and said, Hey, would you consider doing focus? These are, there's sort of two things we options for your assignment. We'd like you to consider. And one of them was, uh, partnering with Fort Gary and moving into the the apartment that they have on in Pemina place, which is the building directly beside the church, which is very convenient. And so mm. I, I agreed. And so I've been living there for the past year. And so hanging out with people that I've met through English conversation classes primarily, and then hanging out outside, like hanging out with people at my place for dinner going to their place for dinner and going rock climbing, doing this, that, or the other thing with ah, so cool. people and just building relationship, having conversations, coffees, yeah. that sort of
4: thing. Awesome! I love that you moved into the neighborhood, right? And uh, isn't there uh, in in First John and the Message version, right? Yeah. What talks about the Word became flesh? It's like the Word Jesus moved into the neighborhood. I think is the language that it uses. And oh, there's something so powerful about actually like moving into a place and into apartment complex with people, uh, and then building relationship from that place. It's cool. Uh, okay, one of the things that I'm really really excited about already, uh, just in hearing sort of what what's happening for home church in these places is we have like a new city. We got like this focus on discipleship and saying like, Hey, what we've been doing uh, hasn't really been producing the fruit in the lives of people we've, we wanted. So we're moving into home church right? for like for, our, so that our people can grow. And then many rooms is like, we have our eyes and like God has given us a vision or, or a calling to a particular neighborhood. And so we are going to, uh, exist and gather in these places for the sake of our neighbors, and then for Gary, it's like we got newcomers to Canada. Uh, how can we welcome them? How can we create spaces where they can encounter Jesus? Like it's three very different um, values that I think are driving these home churches, uh, and so for for me. Uh, like I'm a part of a we're calling it an experimental life group at nice. Eastview we've been doing it for for uh, probably eight or nine months now uh, so I'm excited to be surrounded with with you three who are getting after home church in some different ways because I'm just going to glean and steal uh, everything I hear for for my own experiment on home church so that's uh, great guys Uh, okay, I want to hear a little bit pra- in into the practicality of of uh what's happening with with home church or small church in your setting. So, what are you actually doing to gather together? Uh what have you found is like working really well in terms of uh the function or the form of of how you're gathering? And maybe Maybe, you know, you started some ways and you're like, we started gathering like this and we found out that didn't work. So we, we changed our gatherings to be like that. But thinking about kind of the function of these gatherings, what's working for
2: you? Okay, so what we're doing at New City, um, well, we started off by taking maybe similar to what you would do with small groups. Um, we started by taking, because we're an existing church and we're shifting into something. That's actually a question we explored quite a bit is we said, do we start fresh? Or do we take the community we have right now and together move and adjust? And we felt like God was calling us to do this together. Mm. And so because we were adjusting, we initially started by finding people that either already had friendship or similar interests and kind of put them in a group together that would meet on the Sunday morning. We did that maybe for three months. We're meeting just once a month in houses at the time. And then as we made a deeper commitment to the format of small church or house church, we realized that the whole point of discipleship is to learn from each other and to create spaces that you can bring friends into or family into. And we felt like if you already have an existing group that's really tight, it can feel really clicky. Yeah. And so we started to switch the groups up. So, right now, what happens is people register during the week every time house church is coming up. We do it bi weekly. They get an email on Friday or Thursday that says, hey, this Sunday, this is the house that you're going to be attending. <laughs> this is the leader. This is who's doing kids ministry in that house. So it's ne- they never know until a few days beforehand which house they're going to be attending. Wow. When they get to the house, we have a guided video that we filmed. Over the last year, we've um, made an intentional shift and in focus on teaching through conversation, That was a big thing for us. We're coming from a culture where you have, you know, one primary teacher that does all the teaching and everybody just passively sits and listens. And so we said, how do we encourage the idea of teaching one another and learning from each other? And so every video we have is a conversation uh, between two people discussing a passage or topic. And then people are given space in their houses to then discuss more on the topic that they just saw in the video. So it might be something like 10 minutes of video, and then 20 minutes of discussion in the home, back to the video for another 10 minutes, another 30 minutes of discussion in the home. We do that about two or three times in one sitting. So we assign a leader for each house church. Um, right now, leaders are given a three-page guide that kind of leads them through the conversation that we filmed and press them for the conversation that's coming up. And so the whole idea is really just creating space for learning together and teaching one another in the house church. Mm. That's, that's our format at the moment
4: really cool Uh, so you do like a small group roulette kind of like you just spin the wheel and we'll see where people end up this week and yeah basically is there, is there intention there like, is some in, intention in choosing? and maybe you don't want to reveal peel back the curtain too much <laughs> but like is there like oh the we need to get these people together with these people and we need to like yeah you know here's a here's a clique we're realizing over here we need to spread this around a little bit
2: it is very intentional yeah, yeah and we're quite open about that like we've shared this with our community it's like listen yeah. we're here to especially because we meet in Winnipeg and in Winkler like we're quite spread out or fine is if we don't mix it up intentionally, then people don't get to know each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, we definitely look at groups and go, if you're friends already and connecting throughout the week, you're probably not ending up in house Church together. Ah, cool. You're probably ending up with someone new. Cool. Yeah.
4: Well, I remember uh, sitting around early on in my time as uh, Life Group pastor at Eastview, sitting around a team, uh, our table with a team of Life Group coaches, uh, and somebody had this idea that we never got to, but I thought was awesome of doing... Um, like dinner dinner meals and, and having just a whole list of people that would sign up to do dinner together with one other couple person from our church. Uh, but then we would assign who goes where and they would have no idea. All we'd do is give them an address and you're showing up for dinner with somebody uh, who's in the church and and hopefully getting to know some new people. And uh, that always stuck in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. So then to think through that and being like, we're going to do really intense discipleship mm-hmm. in this way of like, you're going to be meeting with people you you don't know necessarily or have seen or, you know, haven't shared maybe more intimate conversations with. Can I ask one deeper question? Yeah. Um, actually, it's two. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so you let me do one and I took two. Uh, this is how I roll. One is like, What are you noticing in a highly anxious culture? Like, how are people actually able to engage with that? Um, And then what do you notice in terms of how that affects vulnerability in the group gathering?
2: Those are good questions. Um, Initially, when we presented this idea of switching up the groups, um, there was quite a bit of hesitation from our community for the very reason you mentioned. Like, in a highly anxious culture, it's kind of like, man, I don't know if I can step into someone's home if I've never met them before or if I don't know who's going to be showing up. We're a very small community. So one of the things that helped is when we gather together. So biweekly we're in houses and then the other weeks we gather together. People get to know each other a little bit there. And we're very intentional about communicating like, this is whose house you're meeting at. This is their phone number. Yeah, A house church leader is encouraged to call the people that are going to be attending and be like, hey, I'm your house church leader. Looking forward to meeting you. That's how we try and tackle that. Yeah. Um, The vulnerability piece, that has been interesting. It it almost depends on the home that you're in. Sure. If you've got a very inviting home with hosts that are just naturally very vulnerable, we found that people actually feel comfortable quite quickly to share. Um, And because we're a small community, you can only get mixed up so many times before now you're starting to meet the same people again. Yeah. And so you're slowly starting to get to know one another. But we've seen like some really, really good um, fruit, if you want to call it that, of people sharing deep things, being vulnerable, sharing hard things with each other over time. It's taken a year. Yeah. It's taken a year to get to that place. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So just like walking slow and trusting that this will work in the end. Yeah. But we got to go really slow and learn to trust each other as we go.
4: Oh, totally. One of the things uh, we've noticed in in our experimental life group or home church is, uh, as new people enter in, it's actually encouraging vulnerability in the group. For whatever reason, there's something that happens. Like when a group is open and welcoming to new members, there's something I think that clicks subliminal, subliminally for us, which says like, this is missional. This church gathering is for other people. Like I'm here to meet with Jesus and be changed by the Spirit. And so why would I hold back? Like, Mm -hmm. why would I hold back? And so we're noticing as we're encouraging our life groups, our whole life groups ministry as well, to be more open, like not exist as closed groups, but always exist as open groups. And we have a few groups that are there for that. And as they get over that hurdle of thinking like, oh, but we've been together for a year. We grew these relationships and it took all that time for us to be vulnerable. They'll welcome somebody new in. That new person is so pumped to be there that they're really vulnerable typically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just like changing and creating space. Mm-hmm. And then they come back and they'll share like, oh my goodness, like, why didn't we do this earlier? Mm-hmm. Having open groups actually makes a difference, like leads us to greater vulnerability, mm-hmm. which seems totally backwards. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. I would say i have experienced this so thing. I can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Cool. All right. I'm going to go this way this time, Liam.
4: Uh, how Okay go back to what my actual question was. Uh, We're talking form and function. So like, what, what are you actually doing uh, at Peminent Place? Yeah. So what
1: I do, it looks a little bit different because there's not a lot of like Bible study or discipleship or church happening yet. Most of the people that I've met are newcomers from a plethora of different backgrounds, whether that's nominal Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, maybe religious, whatever it is, because they're from all these different countries. And so, What I have been doing is uh, Fort Gary has an English conversation class that they do on Thursday afternoons or we're doing. They're on break for the summer. Um, And so I would hang out there. And that's a really great and really easy way to meet people is just hang out for English conversation classes because they're there because they want to talk to you and they want to practice their English. Like you can just become friends really, really quickly. Awesome. Then they're curious, like, why are you here? Why are you not wasting your time, but why are you choosing to spend your time here? Kind of a thing, which just opens up so many different doors and then building friends with people like in that way that I like, Hey, like you ever need anything or you want to go for coffee or go hang out sometime? Like, just let me know. You switch swap numbers and like, okay, let's go for coffee or Hey, why don't you come over for dinner or whatever? Um, And that's been working really, really well. And that leads to so many really great conversations. And one of the things that I've found with, A lot of these newcomers, particularly people who come from or who have come from China, actually, is they're very, very curious about Christianity. They know they're going to a church. They know that I'm a Christian. They're like, "Okay, so are you part of this church? Like, what is this? How does that work? Why do you believe this? What is this? What is that? And they just ask. Like, it's very simple. They just ask you questions. You're like, "Okay, I guess I get to share with you. Like, yeah, I wasn't asking for this, but you've done it for me. So I guess I will. Uh, Cool. Which is really, really sweet. And then one of the things that's come out of that is there are. Three couples that I would meet with regularly, which started as one couple wanting to just have more time to practice more English with me just because they want more time to practice their English. And so yeah. they came over, we hung out, and then it was just like, let's practice English and have like tea and like some snacks or whatever, which quickly evolved into someone's cooked us a meal. Now wow. we went to another person's house. It's like, okay, now they've cooked a meal. And they come back to my place. It's like, okay, yes, I'm cooking a meal. So now it's just turned into dinner. Oh, sweet, man. Because we can't go back now because we went from cookies to iranian food or whatever so it's yeah like, yeah this is oh, dinner yeah. which is exciting it sounds and amazing <laughs> it is oh it's delicious <laughs> yeah. trust me but then that's just a really great way to have further conversation with people because cool. like yeah i think for a lot of people especially like because there's one couple that i would know, they come from like a catholic background or a nominal catholic background they're from Colombia. And then another, other couples who are from what we would call closed access countries. Like, mm. I think they feel a lot more comfortable meeting in a house. Cause it's like, we're just friends and we're just hanging out. And right. So if something comes up in a conversation and it's like, this is just the conversation we're having today. And then we yeah. can move on afterwards and nobody's feelings are hurt. There's no like pressure. Nobody feels like they're, yeah they're being like, no one feels like a project. I hope yeah or totally. has been my experience, Right. Totally. Which is really cool. And then there's some conversations where I've had where like, I get to speak into somebody's life and pray for them and then we move on and that's okay and we're still yeah. friends and we still hang out.
4: So Yeah, cool. Uh, you know, it sounds like a lot of what you're doing is kind of like these, this uh, pre- Uh, sort of leading into what could maybe become like a home church or a small church gathering or some Bible studies in the apartment complex but just the importance of what what you're talking about of just like building relationships a ministry of friendship like just making friends with people Uh, what what needed to be true in your life like to make space for that like what what did you have to decide and prioritize to, to be available to hang out for tea to be available to to do english lessons or go for a delicious iranian supper
1: um i think i just had to be willing to like give up my time. Like, I think that's one of the interesting things about my choice to do my focus I mean in Winnipeg was that, like, it's one of those strange things where it's like you're on mission, but it's in the city you grew up in, but it's not with my home church and where my community is. Right. It's with a different community. And the goal is to be meeting people of a different community within that community. Totally. It's not, like... like there's the church community and then there's like the Pemina community. And so it, for me, what that had to mean was like, well, okay, I guess this means I don't get to hang out with the friends that I grew up with as much because I've got things to do or I want to make sure I have time to go yeah. meet with this person or my one friend has questions about this letter she got from the court system. Like maybe I should go spend time with her and explain <laughs> we'll help that to her out, yeah. It was just jury duty. It wasn't a big deal. But yeah. <laughs> it was really weird because I had no idea what I was talking about because I yeah. never had to do it. But it's things like that where you're just making space so that I can be Available for people if they want, or like yeah. if people have questions, they can just text me. I'll be like, "Oh yeah, sure." Like, let me look at this for you. Here's this link. Why don't you try this? You can go to this website over here. They have this information because some of it is immigration questions too. Like people yeah. are asking about like their health cards or driver's license, whatever it is. Yeah, and so
4: and all of this sounds like something that anyone can do if they make space for it, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're this is your thing. Like you you're putting all your time into this or good good chunk of your time into this, but you're also helping like quite a ton of people. Like I kind of think about like if everybody would just have like one neighbor uh, that they're aware of like and if it's a newcomer to Canada it's like okay just pick somebody that you're building a relationship with and be available for that one person to help with this kind of stuff oh game changer exactly yeah hundred yeah, percent cool thanks Liam Dave what about for you what uh, what is actually happening what does your group
3: gathering sure. look like yeah so. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so we are yeah, our primary focus is still like our house churches. Um so we have uh three of them right now and over the years we've had more or less, depending on the size of our um our congregation. So um we typically uh we like to have groups of about, you know, eight eight, ten people is kind of a good size for fitting yeah. in someone's living room, right? Um but right now we're up to uh fifteen 18 people in each group. We have three, yeah. three groups right now. Cool. And the reason for that is that we we haven't been able to generate the the leadership that we want from within to be able to, like, have a more new groups. groups. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, But we've had as many as six groups over the years and as few as, I mean, I guess we start with one. But, sure, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the idea has always been we want to, if we grow, we want to multiply. We don't want to, like, become a, just, you know, get a building and become a traditional church. That was never our, yeah. our plan. Yeah. Um, so what happens in those groups is, yeah, we have, um, kind of a shared leadership model within the groups that the groups all have, um, uh, a few people that are like leaders of those groups, uh, host church leaders. But mm-hmm. then during the, the meeting time we'll have a, so what lots of groups do is they have a roster, um, where people sign up for different, um, Responsibilities they want to have. So if someone's facilitating the the group discussion or the Bible study, or yeah, someone else signs up for, to do the food or just for hosting. Uh, we hope go to different places. Um, so it's very shared in that way. So we find that like participation in house church is like it's a lot. Like mm. it takes it takes a lot. So it's hard to be. You can't just kind of come and hang on. Like you have to actually be involved if you come. So I think for some yeah. people, that is that might be too much for some folks like, yeah, they're used to just sitting and soaking it in. Consuming. But, consuming. Yeah. But, yeah. but I feel like for our group, we've kind of, yeah, made that a priority that people need to participate and that's turned out well, mostly yeah. right? like that. That's kind of what the, that's what leads to discipleship. Right. So yeah, we've been, that's been really positive. Um, and then we do, we do meet together once uh, a month as a mm-hmm. large group. So mm everybody together we'll have like a kind of like a a theme or a topic for that that sunday so often it'll be like it could be just our christmas pageant or it could be um we have a covenanting service where we renew our covenant to each other as a group uh we have one sunday where we look at our our giving and so we have a giving carnival where we invite people to talk about how we want to give away our money um and then yeah just different focuses throughout the year and uh, then something else we do is actually um, we have accountability groups. So those would be like mm. groups of two to four people of the same gender who are kind of sharing at a more intimate level. Yeah, uh, Sharing prayer, accountability. So those are kind of like, uh, there are different levels of like um, connection. So the accountability groups would be the most intimate and then the house churches would be a little bit uh, broader than that. And then the large group would be like much... Yeah much wider but uh Sweet.
4: okay so you gather in house churches but then you also gather as a larger community like all your house churches together as yeah. well
3: yeah yeah once cool. once a month once yeah. a month okay awesome mm-hmm. oh really cool yeah so that's great yeah that's been the model and i think for some people it's really good uh, like i think when wombo was sharing about um just the challenges of like um shaking up the groups like we don't Mm. do anything like that crazy like every week but uh so we've often we've had like every year we'll change up our groups so yeah cool um but that's definitely one of the things that's hardest about house church is that you get really um connected with a small group of people for a while and then for whatever reason we need to change things up and for us it's not that we we don't necessarily um seek to change things up just for the sake of it but we do every once in a while we have to, because, you know, the leadership here, someone is not able to lead anymore. Yeah. Or over here, there's like, this group is too big. So we're going to have to split that up or, yeah, you know, different things happen. And yeah. So, um, yeah, but that's, yeah, for me, I know, like personally, that was a big area of growth for me. Like when mm-hmm. I, one of the first times we changed groups, I had to go join a new group and that's kind of where I had to take on more leadership <laughs> well yeah. responsibilities and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, Somebody was probably really intentional about that. Yeah. I think so. <laughs>
4: yeah. I think so yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. So you- one of the things that is really intriguing to me, you mentioned, and we're going to talk in a moment about like what's, what's been good and what's been hard. Uh, and so for you, you're already highlighting a little bit like finding leaders and growing leaders has been a challenge but you're, you're noticing like in empowering people to participate in their groups, like you're seeing the fruit of discipleship. So the fruit of discipleship isn't always leadership. And I think like sometimes we can mistake that like every Christian as they mature will become a leader. It's like not necessarily every Christian will become a disciple maker, but not every Christian has the gift of leadership. So I want to, I, got, I have a question for you a little bit later. I want to come back to you on that. Uh, question for the group, though. Uh, we talked about this a little bit already. But as we're pursuing home church stuff, uh, small church, uh, I think for some, like, they hear that and they think, like, okay, it's either home church or small group or large group or or, like, the larger gathering. And I can choose one or the other, or really these are in competition, or it's, like, All of these people around this table right now doing this podcast have rejected the large church and we're like, we need to do this. And that's none of that is our heart at all. Um, How do these two things fit together? Like the small gathering in homes and the larger gathering, the larger body, uh, maybe in the church building or in another space?
3: I could speak to that. I guess, um, like for us, we're part of a church conference, right? So we're not, we don't see ourselves as like an isolated. Church, we're part of the Evangelical Mennonite Conference. So Sweet. we've been yeah involved with them for almost as long as we've been a church. And I think that kind of grounds us and provides us like some like theological background or like an anchor for us to, yeah. to be like, yeah, no matter where we move, we'll always be kind of within that, like that anchor ties us down to something. Mm. Um, and then also just, um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, in in terms of like house churches, I feel like, especially in our neighborhood and downtown there's lots of folks who um we see a lot of different house churches that are like from folks who are deconstructing. Yeah. And I think that's that's fine. I think it's it's good to have that, but for us it's never been about that. Yeah. Um and we I mean, we might have people deconstructing and reconstructing or whatever in our groups, but um for us it was never like a choice of like this is not mm. like, it's not that we needed to back off from the the church. We love the church. Like it's that's yeah. who we are, right? But it was more so. How can we be more effective uh, in in reaching people in our neighborhood? Yeah, and um, and for us, yeah, that's that's worked. And we still like I. We often go and speak in the churches that are like our our sister churches or the other churches we're connected to in our conference. Uh, and talk about what we're doing, and we feel yeah. we feel their support and we feel their oh, love. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, so it's good. It's good connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think in that way, we're still still connected.
4: Totally, and I would imagine uh, that the draw to people who might be deconstructing uh, their faith would be like, this is, this is something that is different. Like it provides space for people, maybe a little bit more space than walking in through the doors of a church building would be like a really difficult experience for some people deconstructing. So I love that your house churches like give people a church gathering that's saying like, this is a church gathering uh, and then you still find ways to like bring them together in a larger gathering of this house churches, right? So uh, it's like I just think about the opportunities and and the the ministry that becomes available to people where uh, maybe a larger, more established church would be like, "No, I can't do that for a little while." yeah, cool. one of the one of the scriptures that I think about in terms of like holding both uh gathering together in in like the larger congregation. And then gathering together in smaller groups or in homes is like Acts 2.42, right? Like this first description of the early church, like they met together in the synagogue and then they met together and shared meals in their homes. And I know they're meeting together in a Jewish synagogue to hear teaching from the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. So it's different than that. But there is something about like this larger gathering that they were a part of and this smaller smaller gathering they were a part of uh, uh, midweek that I find, I just find that intriguing as a as a rhythm of life for a disciple.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love your emphasis on the idea that they're not in competition with one another. Because mm-hmm. I think if you want, what we're finding is if you want something healthy, you're going to need both. Yeah, Because there is things that um, you can do way more efficiently in a large gathering than you can do in a house church and the same thing the other way around. And so we've tried to, we're trying to communicate that and teach that One of the ways we're trying to do that is by meeting with other church communities. We're not part of any conference or denomination. I think we should be at some point. but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, At the moment... I know know
4: a great one. You know a great one?
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens. Sure. Um, But one of the things we do is we try and meet with other churches. So whether it's other house church communities that I have, like we try and do a service with them a few times a year. Or actually one time we just attended a church all together. We actually went to Westside Church. Nice. in And yeah. it was like that Sunday, our entire new city community went to Westside. So cool. We're like we're just here to love on you, support you, pray with you and worship with you. And so we're trying things like that to communicate that, hey, we're part of a bigger body. Yeah. Because I think if you want healthy discipleship, you can't think I'm the only one doing the right thing. And I'm good just the way I am. Yeah. I think you need the larger body to help keep you accountable and belong to the family of God, you know? So yeah, I think you need both. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh, I've had a few, few circumstances as a life group pastor over, over the years where I've been talking with people who are deeply involved in a life group, but they're, they never show up on Sunday morning and people in my life group that I have led who are walking this pattern. And it's like, oh, so as I have conversation with them and I'm like, why, why, why is this larger gathering, you know, seemingly like not a part of your rhythms, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, well, like we feel like we get all we need mm-hmm. from this life group, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's very much from the perspective of like, well, I'm I'm here for me Just and consuming. I'm here for my personal growth. And the, like, yeah, there is a part of that, but there's something about, the larger body gathering, like the gathering of the church body, that's, that's not just a little microcosm of it where it's like the gifts in the body get expressed. Like the mm-hmm. body gets to live out that gathering together is one piece. There's also a part where it's like God, God calls for it. Mm-hmm. God calls for his church to gather mm-hmm. uh, and worship him. And I think that's a larger body experience. I think that like when it talks about the assembly, the ecclesia, like that's a larger body experience. So how are we responding to God's call to gather? And that as we do that, we're not primarily there for ourselves. Like we're there for others and we're actually there for the world. I think mm-hmm. in Jesus' prayer in John 17, right, where he prays, Uh, I pray not only for them, but all who will follow that they would be one as we are one. Mm -hmm. And that way the world would know that you have sent me, right? Mm -hmm. There's something about like the oneness of the body coming together that proclaims to the world that the truth of the gospel is true. Mm -hmm. That scripture blows my mind. We could talk for an hour on that. (laughs) I could talk for an hour on that. We won't. Um, But there is something so important about this larger gathering of the body. And I think, seeing our small groups or our house churches as diving into that discipleship, that missional piece, uh, lo- like loving on our neighbors, loving on our new neighbors, all of that stuff. Like it gets at the mission.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Okay. I'm not going to preach again. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. That's good stuff, Johnny. Yeah. Uh,
4: what have been uh, some of the, some of the hardest parts that you've experienced in doing doing home church or maybe starting some stuff towards that drag what have been hardest parts and the best parts of what you've been
2: experiencing in this? Mm. I would jump on what uh, Dave was saying. Developing leaders mm. fast enough is a challenge we've, we've run into as well. So right now we have four or five homes that will meet when it's a house church week in the Winkland Morden area. And then about four homes in the Winnipeg area as well. And so Our approach at the moment has been leadership is really there to facilitate conversation. Initially, they weren't there to do a lot of teaching. So that was provided primarily through the video. And then they would just facilitate this time of discussion and packing scripture. I'd love to see that shift. Yeah. People are equipped to teach, but that process of training up people and equipping people and empowering people, leaders to teach, Mm. that has been a challenge. Totally, yeah. And
4: that is a strategic thing that we do as pastors: is say, like, well, you don't actually need to lead this. We just need you to facilitate this. When anybody asks you that, you're on the track for leadership, <laughs> like, uh, which is great, right? But yeah, yeah, there is yeah. there is a reality where it's like, okay, how do we make this more accessible? Because if we even the label of leadership or or shepherd, or sometimes we've even used pastor, like lay pastor in our context, right? Yeah. Um, like it can be really, really daunting for people. So it's like, hey, can you, can you step in to a piece of this? And I think we need to be honest about, but we're going to see where that goes, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then some of the other challenging things is just some logistical things. Like, you know, if you have 20 people meeting in a home, where are the kids meeting? Yeah. Do they have their own kids program or kids teaching? Are they just mixing with the adults? Like, How do you navigate that well? um, We try and get different people to host each time. So, you know, some person will have a space that allows for 20 people comfortably Yeah, and others can only allow for like eight or nine and you're, you know, crammed in. So some of that logistical stuff is a little challenging. And then the other thing that I would say is a challenge, but also has been the best part of House Church is there's more room for relational mess Yeah, from a group of 10 to 12 people if we disagree, you know, it's pretty apparent yeah. <laughs> right away. If we're talking about something, we have different opinions or I've seen scripture different, it's like, all right, well, it's a lot easier to get offended. Um, so that's been interesting to navigate. But I think the plus side of that, and I think this is the best part of house church, is we're forced to deal with that. Yeah. Is we're forced to go, okay, how do we do this in love? How do we do this in truth and in grace? You know, I think there's a natural tendency to go, let's just go back to the large gathering so we don't have to deal with this mess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what we're saying, no, this is this is what it means to live the Christian walk and the Christian life is to do this in love and to be united and figure out how to forgive each other and still have communion after we disagree. Like how do we do this well? If we can do that, I think that's a mark of discipleship. So yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah. it creates the environment to like be real with each other, be human with each other but do that in a way that like the Holy Spirit is present and leading Yeah. and man, Holy Spirit is overcoming all those different disagreements. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Oh, I love to hear that.
2: Yeah. So it's cool. both a challenge and a plus. Totally. It is. Totally. <laughs> it yeah. Is. But
4: it's not, it can't be the fruit of that can't be experienced without the challenge. Of it. Exactly. Like you gotta, you gotta go for it. Yeah. Sweet Wamba. Thanks for sharing that yeah Dave how about for
3: you what have been some of the I mean Wamba hit some of those already um, but yeah I'd say uh, other than leadership I mean leadership is I wouldn't say like it's it's a challenge but it's not a, I don't think it's a deep like issue like or anything yeah but um, I, yeah like the learning how to be together when we disagree I think is just mm. like I think all churches have to do that, but house churches are, like you said, it's just, it's in there. It's in your face, right? It forces you to do it. It does, yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, we found like, I mean, I think all churches during the pandemic, there were challenges of like people on different sides of when we should gather, how we should gather, all this stuff, right? Yeah. And for house churches, it was different too, right? Because there there were restrictions for like church gatherings at some point when house churches could meet. Yeah. I was like, that was amazing. But then it was the opposite for a while where church churches were meeting, but I was, you not meet in people's can, homes. Yeah. So then what are you doing? Like, uh, so yeah, we, we had all that. Um, but I like through it all, I feel like we stayed together. We didn't lose anybody, which is amazing. Like that's amazing. Yeah, so, oh. wow. yeah, That was really special. Um, and then just, um, you know, for us again, it's not necessarily a challenge of house church, but it's just a challenge of the neighborhood we're in. Um, so There's just like we, yeah, we have a lot of poverty around us. Mm-hmm. So, one of the challenges is bed bugs. Oh, I mean, something yeah. you don't think about, right? If you're yeah. living in the suburbs, you don't think about bed bugs. But when you're hosting in your home mm. and you're saying all are welcome, yeah, is that person welcome? If they Whoa. have bed bugs, you're exposing yourself to that. Yeah, Keep so we've come up risk. with ways to try to like deal with it, but it, we can never get it perfect, right? Sure. So, I mean, that's yeah, it almost, almost seems like the leprosy thing of like of the Bible, right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Like, are these people clean? Who's clean? Who can come? Who can be close to each other, right? And, yeah. and that's something that yeah, we spent a lot of time thinking mm, about that, a, and a lot of a lot of time just like serving people with with problems with with bed bugs or cockroaches or things yeah. like that that basically make it able for them to come to church, right? Mm. Like to, to meet with people. Yeah. Um, so that's like a, all of a sudden, like there's there's a. A couple in our church who like have an extermination business now that that they they're working with that almost full time. Yeah. Uh, not full time, they have other things they do. Sure. Too, but but it's been a big part of our our journey together. Mm. Um has been dealing with that. So. so did they like
4: did that couple like they saw the need and they started an extermination business or did they
3: Yeah, so they saw the need yeah. in our neighborhood. Yeah. Um it wasn't necessarily for church, but particularly sure. they were they, they owned an apartment block block and realized that what was available on the market wasn't cutting their needs. Yeah. So they started that and yeah, they've done really well and it's been a real amazing blessing to our community to have them. That is really cool. Right on. Well, I
4: think that so much of that is at the heart of mission is acknowledging like what's the need around us or what's the need in our neighborhood and what are some ways we can, we can meet that. Uh, Liam, I want to hear from you. What, what have been some of the really cool things? What have been some of the hard things? Yeah, I think one of the really cool things are just, like how easy it's been.
1: Like some of the opportunities I've had just to, you know, pray for people, share my testimony, share the gospel with people. Like I've just, like I've done, I've worked absolutely nothing for it. It's just like, it's been placed in my lap. Please use this. Yeah. I'm giving it to you. And like, so cool. it just comes like, I don't even have to bring anything up. The people I'm meeting would just talk and bring stuff up to me. I'm like, Oh, oh Hey, like so
4: just, it's happening. <laughs> you know, let's talk about this. Like, <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just like the number of times that that's happened the Number of random things like the, the first english class that i was a part of there was a lady that i met who had just moved from china a few months ago when we got to talking and i was really confused when i first met her because her accent was a little bit off it wasn't like mm. a proper chinese accent i was like okay hey, what's going on mm. and it turns out like she used to translate for some japanese and she spoke fluent japanese oh wow like way better than mine i was like <sighs> what are the odds though you and i would bump into each other yeah like, was just it's a coincidence, but like clearly it's God, us. it's God's working. Right. So, which totally. is just really, really cool. And like things like that will keep happening, which has just been really yeah, amazing. I think some of the challenges, like one of the more unique or fun challenges is figuring out like with this group of people that I've been, had been meeting with on Tuesday nights is like, okay, how do we shift from like, we're just meeting and hanging out and talking as friends. Like, okay, how do we slowly start to not steer the conversation, but open up the conversation to faith and to Jesus and that, what does that look like and what do we do with these really good like foundations of this could be a house church and how do we, what do you do to move into that yeah. space healthily yeah. and in a way that isn't like pushing it on people or suddenly people feel like they're just your project that you, this is what you've been working towards the whole time and then they feel upset yeah. or hurt. Right. And yeah, doing it in that way, which is like, it's a challenge, but it's a, it's like a nice challenge. You mm. know, it's like, a, yeah, it's a fun challenge. Not like a, this is a frustrating challenge and I don't like it kind of. a Sure. Challenge. Sure. Then, one of the other more like frustrating challenges is figuring out like okay like like as part of my role has been or was to try and serve as a bridge between the neighborhood and the church community. Okay, now how do I like one of the more frustrating challenges has been like communicating to a church congregation like you can do this too, please help me like because as yeah. much as I love doing it, I'm one person and can only do so much by myself. Yeah, right. But just not feeling like there's a lot of like desire from a congregation to to do that or to be involved in that and like that's been really frustrating and trying to figure out the puzzle of hey how do i speak into this so that you feel like you can do this and you feel comfortable doing it and whatever and that's been that has been really challenging and still wrestling with and figuring out how to how to do that or how to serve
4: in that way i guess yeah yeah for sure well, I yeah, I'm curi- I'm so curious and excited to see like where God continues to to lead the communities that you're involved in because it sounds I mean it sounds like you're right on the cusp of like of getting there, of start of starting something, but uh one thing that I've heard you say a couple times is like don't make people a project. Yeah. And I appreciate that word. Like that's a good word because I I am that type of a person where it's mm-hmm. like I think through something I put it on my to-do list like my pastoral care as part of my to-do list like it can for me it can quickly become mm-hmm. people can quickly become projects mm-hmm. I have that tendency mm-hmm. and I know I'm not alone mm-hmm. uh, so I appreciate I appreciate that word okay mm-hmm. um, as we as we wrap up here I'd love to hear your thoughts like what is if you think about that person in you know your church context or maybe in another church context here in Manitoba, who's like they're they love Jesus, they're following Jesus, they're part of their church community on Sunday mornings, but they're longing for something more like what we're talking about, like home church, house church, these sorts of things. Um what is a next step for them? Uh, mm. that that you could think of, either to establish something where there isn't in in their church or to or to join into something that already exists. What would be a next step? Yeah, I think like as far as
1: like my experience has been with new working with newcomers and getting to know newcomers, like one of the biggest things that I have experienced is really helpful and really good and really fun is like learn a few words in whatever their home language is. Like even like before I was working in the neighborhood, like working at superstore, like I have a bunch of colleagues who are from India or from the Philippines or whatever, and like you just learn a few phrases, and either you ask them or you surprise them with it, and it blows their minds, and suddenly the Doorway to a relationship is not open a crack. It's like yeah, yeah. it's broken. Like you, it's there is no door anymore. You're just in. which so is So cool. Like yeah, that's really helpful and a really easy, really practical way to yeah. for newcomers specifically. That's a newcomer specific. Yeah.
4: yeah. Okay. That remind, I'm gonna brag about my wife for a sec because uh, she did this so well uh, at our. But whenever we pick up our kids from the bus, uh, there's uh, another family that comes and picks up their kids, and it's usually their grandmother, and she's she's from China and doesn't speak any English. Um, but Dana pretty early on, like got the Google translate app and just like went up to her one day. She was like, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to go do this. And, and like, I think I can't remember, she chose like Mandarin first and then it was like, didn't understand anything, switched to Cantonese. And it was like, Oh, and then her face just like lit up and she was just like so happy. And it built this bridge where it's like, they, they could now have a conversation and you're right. It's like, there was no door. <laughs> like all of a sudden it's just like this space for a relationship. So yeah, cool. Thanks Liam. Uh, Dave Wamba, how about for you guys?
3: Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, um, yeah. for us, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, get to know your neighbors, right? Like, yeah. again, was maybe pretty basic, but I think in a lot of times if we're um, just going to church Sunday morning kind of thing and, and not really thinking about our neighborhood as our mission field, I think that's the first step is just to get to know the people you're living around, the people you're working around. Um, yeah, but for us, it's our neighbors. And then look to see what God is already doing in and around you, because the spirit is at work. Mm-hmm. Like God is working uh, in us, around us, in spite of us. Sometimes, like, yeah. and if we can see what God's doing and join Him in that work, that just is so much easier than trying to like start up things on our own.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, yeah. that'd yeah. be my my advice. Oh, good
4: word. Thanks,
2: mm-hmm. Dave. Wamba. I would say if you can find um, one or two other people that are on the same journey as you. Yeah. Especially if you're starting something fresh, or even if you're looking to join something that already exists. I think if you can find some people to walk with, I think that's really helpful. I found that to be true for myself and then even for others that have, you know, become a part of our community is don't mm-hmm. do it alone. Mm-hmm. There's often some blind spots that you're not aware of if you just go totally you know, through it by yourself. So if you can find others and discern together how to move forward, I think you'll be ready for house surgery if you can start practicing already discerning before you even join.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, guys, thank you so much for this conversation. I love how throughout like the values of what you're doing have spoken through everything that you've said from discipleship to neighboring to newcomers like we've heard these three different perspectives on these smaller group gatherings and it's just been so beneficial so uh, thank you for, for making space for this conversation thank you for what you're doing and bless you as you continue to do it
0: church home yeah. church
5: micro micro church
0: yeah. well we each have one to say I love it uh, Liam Wamba and Dave yes
5: yeah
0: we had three
4: distinct approaches from the three of them one Wamba's was like a we're doing this to go deep in discipleship um, Dave's were all about neighborhood transformation and Liam is kind of like a pre micro home church yeah it's like we're just trying to connect with newcomers to Canada. Yeah,
5: yeah this is like the before even, mm-hmm. yeah, lead up. Mm-hmm. Even like how can you how can you re-envision what small group or home church looks like? I think we've had this model in church of like it's a big gathering and then you do these little small group meetings, mm. but it's more social and then we pray for each other and we encourage each other. How does that look different from home church? Like I, in my mind, I had to differentiate. Like what is the difference between small group, home church gathering, home church meeting And uh, it was really interesting listening to Wambas particularly because they still have a large group gathering and how they split it up. And also that you're not with the same people. That was mind-blowing. And it actually made sense to me because it's like finding that group of people that you can really connect with if that's what you're looking for, like if that's the expectation for small group is this community that you're so connected with and that you know, and it's just easy. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not going to get that always. And so, so you might not join a small group or be a part of a home church because you don't fit. But in this context, he's actually like saying, this is an invitation to learn to live out what it means to be the body of Christ, which means loving your, your other fellow Christian, which might even be someone you would never connect with normally. Totally. Right? Like getting to know that's the, the uniqueness and the beauty and the challenge of the church is that we have this diverse group of people that you would not probably connect with if you were not in church together.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, and I think it's it's hard right now because this idea of sm- like small church or home church is old enough now that we've done it for a while that we've seen the dark side of it. Hmm. Right, We've got to the point where we've found this place of community that's really beautiful and really fun, but then it becomes this closed, tight community that isn't really open yeah. to the other people around and we're then closed in and it's just taken on some of the darker sides of what this was really meant to be, which is more of a place to process stuff and community, but not one that's closed off, right? And so oh, yeah, this idea of like, oh, we're going to meet with new people each time. That kind of just. But I think
5: it does. Like, there's a place for it because I think a part of it. There's a place for those deep connections and those places of vulnerability because it's not like you're going to meet someone for the first time and be open about your deepest, darkest, hard things you're following through. Like, there's something for that ongoing. Like, hey, I know where you've been. I know what you're walking through. Mm-hmm. I know you. Like, I know what you struggle with. I can call you out on that and ask you about that. But if you're someone new that I've only met a few times, it's hard to be like, I'm going to call you out on that thing. So I feel like there's got to be this balance. Like I was listening to the the interview and thinking um, there's almost like two invitations here because I think there's two different like emphases and motives of what we're doing and I I loved how there was different approaches to it. And I think in the midst of all of them, they both or they all three of them touched on the need for that depth of relationship, but mm-hmm. also the need for like openness to grow and to change. Like when Dave said Yeah, I was like invited to be a leader of a home church. And that scared him. He's like, I don't know these people. Like, I'm so comfortable. Like, this means starting over again. Uh, I get that. I feel that. Like, I don't want to leave a comfortable place where I feel like I'm known and I can share it really easily and be covered in prayer and supported. Um, But there's something that we forget and I think we've lost in that comfort. But like, how do you not throw away one to pick up the other? Like, how do you carry both? Right? And I
4: think that's one of the things is we live with a bit of a we feel like these things are in tension that either your group is open and welcoming and missional and seeking to invite other people in or even non-believers in or your group is closed and tight knit and goes deep. Like if you're missional mm-hmm. you're shallow. If you're not and you're all about discipleship you're then you're going deep and you're building that relationship and that's totally false, and right. I think we heard that through that conversation, yeah. and that certainly in in the group that I've been participating in our home church, that's what we've been experiencing as we've been open, as we've been inviting new people in, believers and non-believers, like people come, yeah, and people share pretty vulnerably, like pretty early on, and we go deep pretty quick because we are on mission together in this space, and we exist not just for each other but for our neighborhoods and for our world. And there's something about that by holding both together and kind of breaking down what what we think is a believed tension that is like, it's moving into what feels like early church spaces.
0: Well, and I think some of those things become like hard pain points because we've fallen into this space where... Like sacrifice and suffering we all want to kind of push away and those are awkward right so for us to become vulnerable in a space early on without the depth of relationship now that's difficult that's that's really hard and I shouldn't have to do that and I shouldn't I should be able to slowly walk that one out and become comfortable and yet in some ways we do uh, but I think like those are intention partly because we have put them intention in our own safety concerns and trying to make these spaces like more accessible or more safe for everybody to feel comfortable and stuff but we've lost that space of like depth of discipleship. I really actually desire to like lay down my life and go deeper into this space. I actually want to live this out so much and I want to invite people into that. And I want to invite them into the mess of my own life so that they can see Jesus's transformation that's actually living and happening within me. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Like I think there's two narratives going on, right? Like we, the narrative of our world right now is very much like self care don't do anything you don't want to do. Like you are the boss of yourself. Um, you lead your own path. Like this message of like, guard yourself, don't overdo it. No one should tell you to pour yourself out. You choose that. You decide what you pour out. And I think that to some extent, like I'm not an advocate for burnout. I think Jesus is very clear on rest and yeah. cycles and rhythms mm-hmm. of, of, of calm and and stepping back and not just being a yes man. Like I think that um, it's there is a balance there, but I think in that dialogue we hear, this narrative from the world, when we take that into this context, like you're saying, Matt, of I need to be comfortable, I think that's where we realize this is what makes the church unique. Like, mm, how many people yeah. do we encounter and we're like, yeah, I'm willing to put make myself vulnerable. I'm going to give you permission to take my special like these pieces of me that are close to my heart, I'm going to lay them forward and give you permission to do what you want with them. Like that's very vulnerable, Mm -hmm. but vulnerability leads vulnerability. Like people Mm -hmm. experience that and then they are welcome to do that. I think like, yeah.
4: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think there's something about what we're talking about here too, in holding together what it means to gather as the large body in the ways that we do and respond to that call that God gives his people to come, to gather, and to worship. Uh, and yet, and we do that in larger groups, and, and I think that's okay. And I think we even see that in the early church model of, like, Acts 2, 42 to 47, where they still, like, they actually still gathered in the temple, in the Jewish mm-hmm. temple, and heard teachings of the Old Testament. And then they gathered together in homes and in these smaller groups and uh, and studied Jesus and the apostles' teaching and and ate together and encouraged one another and numbers were added to them. And so there's kind of this like ancient, original model of church, which I think is really cool. And there's all sorts of ways that that can look in our context today. But I think there's such benefit to a Christ follower engaging in the call of like the gathered body to worship God together, to listen to the word of God preached, and then to gather together in homes, mm-hmm. to sit face to face. To talk to each other, to have multiple dialogue and diversity coming together—that's the aspect that I feel like is missed in many of our large group gatherings. That it, it really hits on in a in a small group in a home church in a in a house church or micro church,
0: um, and I think both are just really essential for the everyday follower. And I think I heard all of them say that. It's not this model or that model, right? It was always like we affirm the large church gathering. Like that is a a space that is needed. We need to continue to gather together as believers. We need to worship together, all those things. So those are necessary pieces, but they're seen in their communities. We have people where like Liam would say, I have people who need a space to go and do their paperwork and build relationship and get to know, and maybe they aren't going to move at the same pace as Mm. a church uh, Service is going to go because their English isn't quite there yet. And so you're going to need somebody to walk with them slower through some of this stuff or whatever. But hey, if they get invited into your home and they eat some of your food and they get used to some of this Canadian culture and like they just all of a sudden feel like they've been like the big arms of Jesus have just like hugged them and welcomed them in. And it's all of a sudden something that's very welcoming. Totally.
4: And belonging in that larger body happens through that smaller gathering through through physically inviting into a home.
0: Well, and then that filters, right? Like, so they see Liam at the larger gathering and they all of a sudden feel, I'm safe here because I have that relationship with these other people. And even though that big space may be scary, it's now become safe. Yeah,
5: I think the importance to, and, and I think a few people touched on this, and I mean, we don't, whatever, we don't have to add this in. But a part of me thinks, how do we avoid the pitfalls of starting a bunch of micro cults Yeah, right like because I've seen some people go off and start their thing and then all of a sudden it's morphed into something that's like well we don't really read the Bible we don't really like kind of and it's like at what point is there like an accountability and I don't yeah I'm not like legalistic like I think that God works way Mm. bigger than we can ever imagine and there needs to be a lot more space and grace for God to work and us to have um, not fear but faith in the fact that God is working but there's an accountability factor to having, like, we have this home church, of the this small group, but we're connected to the greater body. Like, there's an intentional connection and love and appreciation for the fellow believer. Totally. Uh, that's essential.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. here's the thing, right? Partnership with God is always partnership with other believers.
5: And not just those in your like, home at that moment. <laughs>
4: totally. Yeah. And accountability is so key within that because... I mean, if we're just splitting off and doing our own thing, like for my wife Dana and I, as we lead our home church, if we're doing that apart from Eastview, we're like kind of claiming like, yeah, we, we got a better way or we're going to go do this and don't mess with it. Uh, but that could really lead to some dangerous places, right? Yeah. And so for Dana and I, like as leaders in a space like that, it brings us comfort to have accountability by being having our home church connected in to our local church at, at Eastview and have the accountability that comes from there in the same way that churches, individual churches,
0: are accountable to a church conference, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think I important heard that things, from each yeah. one of these uh, people. Yeah,
5: definitely. Right? Dave, yeah. as
0: they're connected with uh, the EMC conference with many yeah. rooms, and Liam, as they're connected with Fort Gary yeah. there. And, and Wamba, and who's there. yet desiring connection. Yeah, and for <laughs> well, that right yeah. and They're part of a larger <laughs> CR, church. They are, yeah. yeah too, that is a smaller yeah. church. Like they are, yeah, doing all those things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, so... As you go from here, uh, like, I don't know, I've learned a lot from those things. But what are you guys taking away from from Mm. this stuff, like into your own like Johnny you're already doing the home church thing Mm -hmm. you're already doing the home church thing but now you've heard three other models Yeah, and I'm sure there's a thousand more out there and I think part of that is saying hey it's not about the model that's successful it's about you being intentional about listening to your community and the thing that God is actually calling you to in that community but I don't know what are you guys taking away as you go from here oh yeah well, I think for me, uh, probably one thing from each. Like from
4: Liam, he had this statement about, you know, just make time. Like if you can just make time uh, for people and their needs, and I think that can translate whether it's newcomers uh, or or anyone in your immediate neighborhood. Like make time to actually be missional. Like plan for it um, and be available to drive to appointments or to help with paperwork or even just sit. With someone and invite them over for coffee, or go if you notice a garage door open. Make time to go and stop by and say hello. Right? Yeah. Uh, that was that was huge.
5: I think for me, something I really took as I was listening to these is I sensed when I felt that inner inner conflict and tension. And the question I left asking myself is, is where am I willing to feel a little bit more uncomfortable? Mm. Um, I think I like to feel safe when I think of small church or home group. I want to have a little bit more control as to what that looks like and who's there and what mm. we talk about. And um, I think part of it is because it feels it feels good to be seen. But there was this challenge in the, these, th- these three interviews where... They're saying, like, you need to also see others. And I think I was maybe convicted by that, thinking, you know, oh, yeah, I look out for people and I feel like I'm missional. But really being able to say, like, I don't always need to be heard and understood. Um, I, that's important and it should happen, but there's space for that. But there's also needing to be the other side of this, where I need to see others, hear them, mm. understand them. And that can feel uncomfortable, that can feel difficult, it can feel like work, it might not feel restful. And that's okay. Um, So that was my takeaway, like, where am I feeling the tension, and where am I willing to be a little bit more uncomfortable?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's good. Yeah, I... I really appreciated sitting and listening to each one of them. And I think the diversity of it was what one thing that really struck me. And so in that, what is the thing that God is personally calling me to in this? Uh, and what is God actually calling you to in this isn't the same as he's calling me to. And we're not going to just rely on one of these other people's strategies to be able to go into it. Because God like, really longs for the people in your community to know him. And he has a way uh, that he has built you to be able to connect with them. And he has built circumstances and situations and a neighborhood for you to be able to do that within. Mm. And so each one of those are unique and we're not going to have one formula for it. Whereas I sometimes want to sit and have a strategy and I want to have A, B, and C lined up and I want to know how each one of those things are going to be structured before I'm ready to really jump in and start. But I think that piece of just being available and just listening to what God is doing in my neighborhood and where I can just go to that open garage door and connect with somebody and who knows what that one conversation is going to lead to and just yeah. be ready for what God's going to do as he moves. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So when it comes to uh, like small group, home
4: church, microchurch, house church, those are the three, four, um, I think there's kind of like two two things for how everyday follower of Jesus can participate in that like one if you're not already connecting in some way life on life face to face with other with a group of believers uh, to grow and study scripture and pray together and um, and seek following Jesus together like get into a small group if you're not in one get on one I think it's like totally essential to being on mission so that as you're encountering people in your neighborhood, you can invite those people in to join what you're a part of as well. I think oftentimes it's a lot easier to invite a friend into a home and into a small group gathering or home church or house church or micro church than it is sometimes through the walls of a big established church. So if you're looking to live more missionally and, and in, you're already engaging with some people and looking for something to invite them to, but maybe big organized church isn't it, small group might be the first place to start. Uh, the other thing is if you are like, man, I want to lead a group, I'm feeling fired up and I want to lead a group. Like, make sure you partner with your local church to lead a group. Have some accountability uh, and have some people that can also come alongside you and train and equip you uh, in that as well. But do it. Start a group and start, start by praying for your neighborhood and asking God, what is his heart for having a group here? And follow that lead.
0: Amen.